becoming more and more difficult now for uh, Americans to claim jazz as something which belongs simply to them. But increasingly, it's becoming clear that we now have what you might call a jazz planet. And I guess our research is focusing on that part of the planet, which happens to be the British Isles. This music swings. Sometimes it rocks. Sometimes it's like a lullaby. But I think always, always, it's rich, it's deep, and I'm fascinated by it. I'm a white middle-class, middle-aged man. I love black British jazz, and of course I ask myself the question why. It seems to me an extraordinary triumph of human struggle against adversity. People who have arrived in this country, often in really difficult circumstances, who have yet managed to overcome them and produce a music which is of immense and extraordinary lasting value. And I think that's really what our project is going to home directly in on. How musicians came to be here, what music they brought with them, also where they went to. It's something which has both heroism, creativity and a politics of emancipation behind it. First wave, 1919, 1920s, the arrival of black American musicians. Second wave, black British swing, Caribbean and African musicians coming in from the former colonies to produce this amazing music. Then in the 50s, co coincidence of Windrush and Bebop, the arrival of a whole new generation of musicians who are now playing modern jazz, cool, hip new sounds. And then on into the 70s with the arrival of the South Africans, the Brotherhood of Breath and the Blue Nose. Lastly, the second generation of Windrush, my own interest begins. One of the very first bands I saw was the Jazz Warriors, who really knocked me out completely with their music and their approach. That's where Courtney Pine comes out of, that's where Gary Crosby comes out of. The musicians who are looking back on this rich tradition and make their own sounds. Gary Crosby. I would have been about seven, eight. Peter Edwards on a the piano. There was a piano at Uncle Sid's house. I had to play the bass line. Almost like a scar, boogie woogie type thing. It's the first time it's been in tune for quite a while. <laughs> about the age of 19, I started to play bass. And that's when it starts on double bass and then wow it's like we're on a roller coaster now. I discovered jazz and improvising while being grounded by Her Majesty's police force basically. At home listening to Jazz 625, uh, it was an Ella Fitzgerald concert. Um, I had to be in before 11 for about two weeks while I was on um, bail basically. As an, um, and that's where I discovered jazz. The issue of race is really important for us to both celebrate uh, black British jazz uh, and to see it as being uh, a unique cultural form with its own strengths, but also to recognise that black British jazz is black, not just by dint of celebration, but also by, if you like, the permanent wound, really, which race represents. In the research, we've found really that there has been uh, a special vibrancy, I'd say, about black British jazz. And interestingly, Cardiff and Liverpool are just as important here as London. I'd go to his um, birthday parties. There'd always be three or four of these old West Indian guys who were part of that scene that would some 
part in the evening would find somehow themselves, just themselves, around a bottle of rum with me in the background just listening, talking about some guys with some real funny names. I was really interested in the guys of the 50s. They were the, the modernists, the Joe Harriots, the Dizzy Reese, Bogey Ganea, Harold McNear. Those were the guys that I was really interested in. But my study led me back to the guys of the 30s. That's where it started, because those guys had um, prepared and formulated uh, s companies, situations that enabled the guys of the 50s to travel here and find work. They lived in the houses of those that were already here, and the, the images I got were of smart, hip, womanizing rascals types, but great musicians. And then arriving in England, which is, uh, as we know, a kind of classical melting pot. But what's particularly interesting is that jazz has this really important relationship to the African diaspora and to the African sources, African roots, if you like. And in England and in Britain, it takes on completely new shades and meanings, really. I believe we're all working towards a British jazz scene that is just so reflective of Britain today. That's really what we're working towards. Its emphasis was really black community. Whereas now it's um, musicians of any skin color or any background play in any environment. I've been waiting 10, 15 years now for the book, the record and the film. So it's very important. I know it's a good project, it's necessary. And it's necessary. Jazz in Britain has a really special inflection, I think. It's not just a question of rhythm. It's not just a question of pastoral British sounds. It's this mixture. It's this contribution from many different elements and many different sources. It's all these things together in something entirely new.